What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Full Feature Podcast. I'm Tiernan. I'm here with Jack. Hey there. And Ian. What is up? And uh, we took a bit of a hiatus last week. It was just one of those weeks in your lives, you know, when you can't even flesh out an hour of the week to get around to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) These things happen. But because of that, we actually have a lot to cover. And uh, a couple, we're backtracking on a couple of things, but then we're also talking about some new things as well. So we're going to start off with some movie news and we're going to go through a couple of recommendations that we have that we've been watching over the last few weeks. And then we're going to get into uh, finally get around to talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I, we, you know, we don't want to be a Marvel podcast, but we do have to talk about these things and then um, give our quick opinion on it. And then the main part of the show this week is going to be talking about James Wan's Mortal Kombat. Or, I, well, James Wan's is a producer, but I like to call it James Wan's uh, Mortal Kombat. But anyway, so we'll start off with the movie news, Jack, if you want to jump us in there. Yeah, cool. Um, here's something interesting. Emily Blunt did a big kind of interview uh, where she basically like lambasted Marvel movies and said that she had the chance to join for Iron Man 2, and then scheduling conflicts happened. And then basically she said, it's like you're beating the dead horse here. The industry is like it's just oversaturated and like the quality is really low. Um, what, what would you guys think about that? Like, what, what, what do you think about that? I think she's hey. so unbelievably bitter. Yeah. That is a salty <laughs> reply. If I ever heard one, like that is clearly rage. And she didn't say, yeah, like hundred percent. She missed out yeah. on a fortune because of scheduling <laughs> conflict. And I, I forget what the movie was, but I actually remember hearing this story. Um, it was literally for uh, I, m- I must find it what was the are there you knows the movie that she like gave up being pepper Potts for um oh she was going to be cast as pepper Potts originally was that I it? think so wasn't she i, I thought it would have been black widow or something i yeah oh, if it was Iron Man too i would have imagined yes, no you're dead right sorry i thought it was gwyneth paltrow it was actually scarlett johansson yeah i remember hearing about that yeah black widow fucking hell like um, yeah, so yeah, she she kind of did that big rant, um, and then she also said that Edge of Tomorrow Two might be too expensive to make, um, so she's probably she was probably annoyed at that, <laughs> um, but like that's a comic book, well it's a graphic novel, isn't it? Like uh, what's it called again? Uh, Edge of Tomorrow is like something like Live Die Repeat, or yeah. it's like the Never Ending Kill or something. I can't remember. It's it's gone in my head. Oh sorry, but, wait wait sorry, I was um. <laughs> The film that she gave up being Black Widow for was Gulliver's Travels. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> no wonder she's oh fucking Oh my God. That. Yeah, you would that be is human, to be That is just such an obvious display of it. But yeah, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, that's just clearly getting your dig in. And it's also ensuring you never get cast in a in one in the future as well. Like, I mean, for a movie franchise that's constantly adding to it and just constantly casting people, why would you start getting your digs in now when they could yeah. easily turn around and say... You know, or unless they told her at the time, right, well, we're never going to ask you again. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, come on. It's just pretty obvious she's pissed off that she didn't say yes. I think as well that, like, it's more of an oversaturation that Live, Die, Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow is getting a getting a sequel than yeah, yeah. I would ag- universe. I would agree with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're putting a sequel on something that was a great standalone film. Whereas, like, the Marvel Universe is, like, an ever-expanding universe, you know? They can go on forever if they really wanted mm. to. Um, Ed, Edward Norton and Dave Bautista are joining Daniel Craig for um, Knives Out 2. So Netflix that, bought yeah. this 
Um, mm. Netflix bought the rights to two or three movies for this, which I'm not really happy with because you know when you see a good movie, you're like that was a good movie and it will hold up and you know it'll be its own thing and it was really fun or whatever. I think that Netflix, I just don't have faith in them to make yeah. like really high quality sequels. Well, to I don't this. know. Like, I mean, it depends on what the it depends on what the plan is. If it's kind of like an anthology series where each story is its own contained story. Um, and not necessarily it's more just like a sequel in name only and then you know what i mean they have their own stories i think you have potential to do that in the kind of knives out universe if that makes sense and you can have a bit of fun with it like i loved the first knives out i know that i don't think you were crazy on it tiernan but i just really liked it as a as a fun whodunit and i think there's potential there to do other stuff with it if it's its own kind of contained story and they don't try to you know wedge this kind of uh sequel into it that doesn't it's just your kind of pulling at straws a little bit like do you know what i mean and i think that you know if it just kind of keeps maybe daniel craig as the central character going around doing multiple investigations that might be a bit of fun you know what i mean but did you not think that daniel craig was kind of like a parody of the whodunit detective well the whole thing was a was like a parody though i felt like it, the yeah, whole thing but was like i think it's so strange like and... he wasn't like an impressive character in terms of like no I no i mean don't get me wrong it, you know i thought that no, was like I a clever way to approach it yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that he. Maybe they're going to try and turn him into a kind of a Poirot type, or a, yeah. do you know what I mean, or a kind of even Columbo kind of thing, which I'd actually be into. You know what I mean? I kind of think that those kind of throwbacks are fun, and you don't have to take them too seriously. So I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be against this. I, I'd be. No, I, I'd be interesting out. to see what happens though. I hope they don't CGI Christopher Blummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope, it's, back. I hope it's like completely different stories. Yeah. Which it looks like it is because um, the cast has completely changed. Um, anyone see the trailer for The Green Knight? No, I didn't, no. no. It looks unbelievable. It's A24, favourite kind of um, movie studio, but studio. it looks unbelievable. And of course, they've got the coolest merch. They've got an actual board game that you can play. Um, it's it just, it just looks unbelievable. Really, really getting... I'll let you guys watch the trailer and we can come back and react to it next week because oh, I don't want to yeah. spoil anything yeah. for you. It's really, really cool. Did you um, uh, see the trailer for Venom? Venom 2? I did, yeah. And like, Let there be I, carnage, yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter, but it was like, um, I just, <laughs> it's like, I guarantee, it was someone making a post, like, from years ago, saying, I guarantee that the trailer for uh, Venom <laughs> 2 will have uh, Tom Hardy making, like, breakfast or something with the symbiote. <laughs> to show how far they've come along and stuff. And, uh, it was just and then I watched the trailer and I was like Christ on the bike um, I just I just don't care about this I don't know yeah I don't care either I do it's, not give a shit it's either. the nether zone that's what it is it's the nether zone because it's, it's a fox um, oh wait know, no, no one really knows like it's Sony it's, it's Sony go. it's Sony's Marvel so it's like it's it's kind of the lost child of like DC which is like the moody teenager and then like marvel which is like the yeah. do-gooder and then like Sony, sony's marvel movies are just like the middle child who got shoved away onto the closet um, i was always really against as well woody harrelson as carnage so i'm not sure if i'll come around to it yeah I it's, gonna, like, come was, out it's such a weird choice isn't it yeah. i think it's such a weird choice for carnage i mean i know he's meant to be but you know Woody Harrelson is actually kind of quite chill. You know what I mean? Isn't yeah. Carnage meant to be like the crazy, crazier version of Venom? Yeah. Like the one that's more unhinged, you know? I just, plus I just hated the first one so much. So I really don't care about the second one at all. 
the first one unfortunately i thought the first one had like some really good moments and stuff like that but there was like way too much tom hardy like not being venom you know eating eating fucking raw lobsters in a fish tank yeah like that was just like what the fuck am i watching like it was uh, now, to be fair, I know that the first one had a, a shit ton of studio interference because Sony just can't get it right. So apparently it was chopped to pieces and stuff like that. So, yep. you know, maybe they gave him a bit more creative freedom with the second one. But I don't know if that even makes a difference. Also, I felt they had no balls with the first Venom to make Venom like an anti-hero. You know what I mean? They were just, he was basically just the good guy in the in the movie. He like, needs you know to be I mean? a murderer. Like, really... he needs to be a horrible murderer. Yeah, he needs you know? to be a horrible guy. Like, you know, and be he needs to be eating people. Things like that venom literally like <laughs> literally went up like... to the top of a skyscraper and was like hey, beautiful i'm one of you now <laughs> and saved the world and as well yeah, like they literally. didn't have any um real like standard villain going or anything like riz Ahmed was but he was in it for like i think like as riot in the end as the symbiote in the end he was in it for like i'd say like 30 seconds when he was defeated and it just it didn't mm. feel like there was a climax at the end of it. Also, this this sequel, if you would give me five attempts, maybe even three attempts to name it or guess the name of it, I would have gotten it 100%. Like, let there be carnage. <laughs> let there be carnage, like, yeah. Uh, I, I suppose I appreciate that, but yeah, we should probably move on. Uh, it was <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, people were giving him a tough time online saying he looks like uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> Well, is oh, this uh, this is Scorsese, for the new movie yeah. where he plays a serial killer? Is it the? I don't know too much about it. All I know is it's Martin Scorsese, and um, it's just a still. So it's just like a still that we have, but uh, it's him and Lily Gladstone. Um, it, it, I don't know. I I don't know anything about it, but I just know that he kind of looks like an older version of his character in Shutter Island. Yeah, everyone's saying that like he's unrecognizable, and then I saw the picture they were talking about, and I was like, "What, what do you mean he's unrecognizable? He looks this is su- very super recognizable and unmistakably Leonardo DiCaprio." <laughs> you know, I didn't really understand that. That was with the whole like joke of it was. It was like he literally looks exactly like him. Like, yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> what, what are people um, talking you- about? Like. <laughs> It's not when I when I first thought it's actually not. I looked at it there now. It's called Killers in the What's it called again, Jack? Killers in the It's Killers in Killers Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I thought it was this one where he's meant to be playing um that serial killer who had that like hotel of of death. What was that one again? Uh, uh, H.H. Holmes or something like yeah. that. And that's also meant to be um, Shakespeare. Uh, what, what Shakespeare? What on earth? Scorsese <laughs> directed. Um, but that movie actually sounds interesting too. I thought it was this one. That's what everyone was talking about, but it's clearly not. But that movie actually sounds interesting because it's also about... It's not just about H.H. H. Holmes. It's about this like architect who like wanted to basically redesign Chicago at the time as well. And there's a book about it, and apparently it's incredible. So I'm really interested about that. This one I've heard nothing about, and I mean I'm sure it'll be good. It's Martin Scorsese and DiCaprio, but he literally looks so like himself in the picture. I don't know why people are saying he's unrecognizable. Like. <laughs> he looks so the same. A strange man. thing. He's just people it's age. Yeah, yeah. people get old. (laughs) Well, we uh, pop on to some recommendations. Ian, you were talking about a movie that you watched this week. 
Sure, yeah. I actually, I, I watched a few things this week, interestingly enough. Netflix has added a bunch of new stuff, but one that I've been meaning to watch for a long time was Eric Andre's film, Bad Trip, which, if you don't know who Eric Andre is, he has his own Eric Andre show on Adult Swim. It's basically like a complete rip the piss of, you know, your modern chat shows, but it's a prank show, and he pranks celebrities, and his whole thing is like, he's a bit of a shock jock. Um, this one is a more kind of standard, a little bit like kind of like a jackass kind of a movie where they're going around pranking unsuspecting people. Um, and it's also just like a bit of a road trip movie as well. And it's about Eric Andre, you know, falling in love with this girl and they go across country and they're, you know, him and his mate are pulling these pranks on people in public um you know i didn't really have huge high hopes for it and uh, because this kind of thing's been done before and like we had borat this year as well um but it was surprisingly funny and some of the gags in it were really really well done and eric andre is just really willing to put his body on the line and like there's so many pranks he does where he genuinely there's no way he could not have not hurt himself um and you know the public reaction he gets is great and he always gets such a mixed bag of reactions you know he because he's in different cities and different parts of america very similar to how the first borat is um it's not amazing but i did definitely get a good few laughs out of it and how they executed the pranks was really really well done and you know these movies have been done before but eric andre is just funny and the fact that they bothered to kind of write a story into it as well was was similar to what they did with the first and second borat films and i appreciate that about it um so yeah i definitely recommend bad trip if you're if you're looking for something to laugh at on the weekend where did you where can you find it it's a netflix it's a netflix netflix they actually produced the show yeah yeah why is there no hannibal burris Uh, so he has this like companion in it um you know who's a black guy as well and he kind of has similar kind of humor to hannibal burris as well and i wonder was it written for hannibal originally but he has since parted ways with the eric andre show and i assume to work on his own stuff because he is a very popular stand-up comedian and i'm sure he's got other stuff in the pipeline as well so he wasn't casting it he would have been absolutely perfect maybe they were afraid he was a bit more recognizable as well because he is quite big in new york oh that's and true, they shot yeah. a lot of this film um, and so he'd have a kind of a bigger a bigger name than eric andre for sure like this is the, the beauty of eric andre like while he is famous he's still just not famous enough for people yeah. to <laughs> recognize him on the street like especially in america um so he still gets away with a lot of the pranks um and you know what's also great about it is a lot of the pranks are just good natured pranks they're not really at anybody else's expense and most people react really really well to them and it shows like a real nice side to people for the most part considering i mean there's a scene where he like jumps off the roof of a bar and immediately there's like a nurse trying to like mend him back to safety and then he had this like puke thing set up where he's like puking everywhere and the nurse is like this where the nurse is like this man is not well we need to get him to the hospital (laughs) (laughs) eric andre is extremely funny though the show is super underrated yeah big time i think if you're a fan of the show you'll really like bad trip and you know if you watch bad trip then and you've never watched the show before seriously watch the show the show is absolutely incredible i cannot recommend it enough like but um bad trip go watch it it is the the pranks are really really funny in it it's not gonna blow you out of the water but it's just a good thing to laugh at a few few mates like and things like that yeah i must give that a watch now is it like the opposite of a fan like it, sh- it shows people like the good side to people, whereas Borat shows everyone to actually be like an internalized racist. 
<laughs> exactly yeah exactly that was the difference between this one i mean like a lot of the time and it's crazy how like you know when you pull these pranks on americans you know they will get involved in your business there's a scene where he's fighting with his mate and you know there's so many people rushing in to like break it up and like you guys need to make up right now and all they're complete strangers and stuff and all whereas like you know if you shoot that in ireland like people don't want to know people will just keep walking by and not see that where it's like the genuine public's reactions make this i mean the, the opening scene is like him cleaning out a guy's car and you know this this girl of his dreams shows up and you know he's he's hoovering the guy's car out and he's like oh man she's the girl of my dreams from high school i never asked her out he's like should i ask her out and you know the guy who's cleaning his car is like of course man you know shoot your shot and uh then you know he gets the like the industrial hoover sucks his clothes off and like you know within the first few minutes you have eric andre like completely naked and you know he's like give me your jacket to your man and your man just doesn't even have to think twice he's like ripping off his jacket he's like throwing <laughs> his fucking clothes at him and all man like it is really really a good watch i'd, I'd highly recommend it right so um uh jack do you have anything to recommend or I anything you watch this week flat out i've flat out on um <laughs> f1 drive to survive quite... <laughs> i don't like f1 i never have I don't even like watching the cars go around the track. It's just, it's genuinely the best documentary that Netflix make. Now, I have shat on Netflix documentaries for months. You have, months. you have. Rightly okay. so, I think, too. Yeah, but this, you know what, this isn't like, they've got a new Son of Sam one on. I'm just like, I've seen the trailer for this a billion times. And I just like, <laughs> yeah, you're I just making the same shit. I feel like they did murder documentaries 10 years ago, and they're like, people love it. Let's do it for 10 more years. And then, you know, then they're just stuck with all this content that they've put through. But now F1 Drive to Survive, it's amazing. It's quite literally the best documentary. It looks amazing, okay? Um, it's insightful. You learn a lot. Um, you know, you actually learn about real things. Um, it humanizes people that you wouldn't have been able to humanize at all. Like, they're race car drivers. Like, they literally, like... Mm. They, they drive cars at 300 kilometers per hour for a living and they all live in Monaco, mm. avoiding tax, but pretending that they like it because they drive there once a year. Um, <laughs> what else? <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it's it's just really, really good. Um, is it a case look, of like, this is like a sports documentary that like, you know, you don't have to be into sports to watch. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I literally could it's, not watch yeah, any sports, but yeah, I would watch a sports documentary any day of the week like. Yeah, it's half an hour episodes. It do, it goes into individual oh, nice. teams. And it just, like, say if you're, like, it's just really good storytelling, the way that they do it. And, like, you wouldn't even realize in F1 that, like, the teammates hate each other and they're all, well, they all want to be the fastest or whatever. And they're all horrible to mm. each other. Like, and it's just, there's so much drama and it's real world drama. And it's, like, drama that's actually worth the drama that it causes because it's worth like millions and like people get fired like that and like people end up crashing their cars and stuff and then you get like cams and you get to see how they react and then like i don't know i'm a sucker for car movies as well so like <laughs> yeah you, yeah we yeah. all know we all know Le Mans 66 was like your favorite movie ever so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. such a terrible film <laughs> oh no it's a good movie man it's a good movie i love rush as well um but yeah, no it's it's it, it's 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 just really really um it's really interesting and it's there's no gloss or anything on it like um you know it's it's they it's i think it's 18s uh because like there's effing and blinding and you know and they don't bleep anything and it's it's just real like um 
yeah, give it a watch. Give give one episode a watch because so, uh, it, it's it's just really interesting. And you can you could switch um, it off after every episode. Like it's a different team member. It's a different kind of mechan- It's like different car teams or whatever. Um, so like you you don't have to. It's not like oh I have to follow up. Like you can stick on any episode. Like the COVID nineteen episode was on there last night, and I was literally getting PTSD. Oh no way. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, they're, and they're all laughing and joking about it, being like, "Oh, I want to race, I want to race and stuff." And then it's just like, "Yeah, you have no idea." But um, and is yeah, this on a it, Netflix? Check. It's on Netflix. Yeah, so it's a Netflix produced documentary, um, and like it's just weird. It's just weirdly like looks really good as well. Like it's just it looks really mm. good. It's shot, shot in 4K well, like, and yeah. everything, and like they do oh, slow mo nice. and everything for all the cars. And like, there's not you don't watch any of the races like. You, you watch the key points, you watch the fun things, you know, like the crashes, and like <laughs> the people flipping out and shit, and like them, you know, going past the finish line. Like, I, I'll, like, I'm, it's getting me into F1, which is like something that I would never have been into at all. It's better than mm. any of the football documentaries as well. Hot take. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's better than the Amazon, you know it's better than the Spurs one. That's the, you know what that sounds like something I'd be into to be honest with you I, I genuinely think I could get into it yeah well, I like a the journalist yeah that's... a journalist like uh, a journalist um hosts it so he gives you a background to everyone mm. and he'll be like oh so like it, like it's a me and my mom watch it together <laughs> like mm. that just about sums it up if you give the first episode a watch it like the journalist is really good at like giving the background to the story and like he, he explains things in f1 to the normal viewer so he'll be like okay so like this is how it works and this is why it's so bad or this is why it's so good but i can't recommend it more so it's Dead. a netflix documentary Dead. actually worth watching god that's mad yeah <laughs> <laughs> who knew who knew it was possible so uh, um, Tierney, I, I have, what have you been recommendation this week um, so this was actually recommended to me by uh, Ben McGranton, one of our regular listeners, uh, and it is the Am- Amazon Prime animated series Invincible. Uh, so this uh, series is uh, an adaptation of a Robert Kirkman com- uh, comic, and uh, Robert Kirkman did The Walking Dead, and it's gone to screen now. It has like so many people behind it, an incredible amount of people behind it, like Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen are behind it, and it's essentially just a story about a world with superheroes very similar to the boys where the superheroes are kind of like celebrities except they kind of take on more standard roles of actual superheroes like they stop the world from like alien invasions and like divert comets and stuff like that but it's still as big of a commentary as the boys is on like the whole concept of superheroes and what goes on and it's got an incredible cast Stephen Huen is uh, the main character and uh, J.K. Simmons is his father uh, Sandra O oh is in it. Uh, Seth Rogen again plays a voice in it, and uh, Marshala Ali is in it. And there's just the cast is never ending. Every episode has a new like five or six names that you're like Jesus Christ, what are they doing in this? And uh, it's incredible. It was recommended to me I think two weeks ago, and I had it watched in like three days. I think there's ten episodes in total, and it. A lot of people were saying um, it's definitely better than The Boys. Uh, at least season two of the boys oh, and I, i'm a massive fan of the That's boys an interesting take yeah i i wouldn't really be able to say that but i can definitely see where they're coming from it's a uh, really hard hidden i was uh, recommending it to one of my friends and they thought that i was kind of like overhyping it and then the next day they came back to me and they were like jesus christ man that's so unbelievably good uh they're hour long they're hour long episodes 
and the fact that it's a cartoon might like stop people from watching it but it's it's super gruesome sure, sure. super gory and it's also just like really immersive and, it, and what's the of, animation like is it is it you know it's very like it looks like 90s anim- animation yeah exactly it's kind of like um old justice league animation and stuff like that it's very kind of standard superhero cartoon animation it's not like anything like anime or anything like that it's a very standard animation but it's also kind of got those adult swim vibes in terms of like the gore yeah yeah sure like that of course and um it doesn't hold back with any of that stuff yeah 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 and at the same time as well because it's animated i think it makes it like such an easier watch and not that anything like this would ever be a tough watch, but it's just they get to push them boundaries a little further and uh, they get to allow things to happen on screen that like maybe you wouldn't see in the likes of the boys. And uh, yeah, sure. it isn't now it's not to the sense of like the boys is a lot more kind of like a satire. This is kind of like its own standalone, like brilliant show at the same time. Like there's a really good plot going on. It's really keeping you involved in so, the show. So you're kind of saying, like, while it's you know, while while there's similarities, it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna you know they're gonna be the same kind of show. Because that's the impression I got is everyone's comparing this to the boys. Everybody's been talking about it. Is it does it have enough of its own identity, like compared to the boys? Yes. So like the boys is kind of a commentary on like the celebrity culture and like the world around us, and it's a lot more based on kind of like caricaturing society. Where is this is far more based around like caricature and the superhero and we yeah whilst it is caricature in it it's also not making a show of it like it's very much like still staying within the boundaries of the superhero realms you know what I mean it's like they mm-hmm. are superheroes essentially and how the how the show progresses it, it's nothing really like the boys um I mean I suppose it is in in certain aspects there are like a couple of characters that are quite similar and stuff like that but I I would definitely say that the the boys definitely takes the comedy route a lot further and it, also the, this show is from the from the perspective of a superhero rather than kind of an ordinary person taking on the superhero like the boys is but uh mm. I really can't recommend this enough it's on Amazon Prime if you start it you will finish it immediately like immediately it's also it's also interesting that amazon made this as well as the boys because they also made the tick as well before uh the boys which apparently was was like a precursor to the boys it was the same kind of you know style of show where it's like a superhero that's kind of like a you know essentially a rip the piss of the superhero franchise so they kind of seem to be like they clearly have seen the success of the boys and they're like they're willing to take a chance at other things but it's definitely interesting that they're they're making something like this yeah, I it's I I heard that there was going to be a boys spin-off where it was essentially like college life within oh, like, of course. the universe yeah, yeah, of the boys yeah. or I think it was a high school within the universe of the boys and stuff like that. And I could kind of see how the like those two things would overlap with Invincible. And uh, so it'd be interesting to see what happens there anyway, but uh, no, this um show, I mean like it, it should be enough of a sell that JK Simmons is in it. It's just a really brilliant watch. Um, I, I, I don't think... I think it's a bit unfair to kind of like compare the boys to it because I think that the boys has a, a lot more political value in, in what it's doing, even if the show maybe missed the market a few, in a few things during season two. But I mean, we were all massive fans of it. But Invincible, I, I don't think it will be compared to the boys much longer. I think that it's kind of fallen into that superhero trap where uh, they're being put in the same bracket. And uh, I mean, this stuff has been done since Watchmen you know since the Watchmen comics came mm. out so like uh, sure, of course I, I, I think they will both become their own independent things and stop being compared to each other but 
I enjoyed both as much as the one as much as the other. I I'm just I have a lot of faith in Amazon. Yeah. Like they 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 really you know they really they found their the money footing, and definitely. the effort in into they found their footing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they they go for things that I, I de- just don't I, think Netflix would. Like how many murder documentaries are on Netflix? How many like confession <laughs> tapes? How many like it's teen, interesting that Netflix it's comedy and drama. It's interesting. Like, that, yeah, it's interesting that Netflix has become the safe one because you know they used to take tons of risks, but now you know Disney and Amazon are quickly kind of moving into that space. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and Disney are getting a lot like bigger and better titles, whereas I think that Amazon are bringing out these kind of like niche little shows that have just blown up successfully. Blown up, yeah, yeah. Like Disney have now got like star which i think is like pretty adult based they've got yeah. like something mm. called like blow or something on it that i've and, just been told to watch like they're even bringing in stuff like nomadland and stuff like that so it's they're bringing out massive massive names and features onto their mm. onto their platform and netflix i feel like it's well, gonna kind of get lost in it all over the next few years if they don't kind of step up their game yeah they could they could easily fall behind for sure definitely speaking yeah. of disney and um, were you watching something you were watching something else on disney this week too, i was weren't you? so we were talking about all of the all of the disney shows that were come up lined up to come out and uh, one of which is the bad batch the new star wars is the new star wars animated show kind of based in the same realms as like the clone wars and stuff like that uh, I don't know if either of you have ever really been a fan of that, but we are, of course, fans of Star Wars and how they're kind of like recreating that universe and stuff like that. But uh, so I watched the first two episodes. The first episode was really good. It was like an hour and 15 minutes long. And it's kind of like clones that didn't react to Order 66 like the other clones because they were kind of like genetically different. And it's their story right. of essentially okay. dealing with like the Empire takeover and watching the Jedi being gunned down and stuff like that. And that episode was really interesting. And uh, I thought that it felt almost more like a film because you kind of saw like the turmoil and like how they were dealing with it and like what the Empire was kind of doing as they were taking over, essentially. And the second episode I just watched there. So there's only uh, two episodes out currently. It's coming out week by week. And it seems like it's kind of reverting a lot more to kind of like the Clone Wars layout, like the similar to like Clone Wars or Rebels or any of the standard Star Wars series. So, yeah, I you don't... know, like I, I never got into these, you know, you are heavy into these, Tiernan, but, you know, like, is this, do you think that this is going to be one that like matches up with the, like the Clone Wars was huge among fans. Yeah. Someone like me, I just would struggle to get into them. How does this, where does this one fit in to that whole kind of, in the whole Star Wars round? Like, It's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens because I think they're going to use this opportunity and like the Clone Wars layout to kind of explain um, like the Rise of Skywalker stuff. and stuff like that, sure. like the Disney trilogy. Okay, I yeah. think that they're going to try put it into context. Obviously, like the timelines are completely different, but... I think it's going to be all about like cloning and stuff like that. And me and one of my friends was talking about it of how it's kind of going to basically explain like what Palpatine was up to and like the final installment to that horrible trilogy. So I'm not sure. It's it's feeling very kind of like Dave Filoni, the showrunner for all of these animated series. He's a massive Star Wars fan, and I, I love his work. So I think it's brilliant. But uh, yeah, everyone he, he seems re- to think that he has it in yeah. competent hands. Like there, everyone he, seems to be happy with his direction for these things. 
he recycles a lot of kind of like nothing characters and a lot of nothing plot lines. So it will be like like the episode he did, for example, of the Mandalorian was the episode that where Ahsoka came back into it, one of his characters. Yes, yes. And uh, you just know that it's going to follow the chronology just enough to stay relevant whilst also not enough to actually affect the chronology. So it's always the issue with these shows for me. And uh, I'm just kind of waiting for the point where they say, you know what, we've got a rich universe. Let's just make something completely new and not go through this fucking star, uh, like Skywalker saga shit. Well, this is their problem. But this is their problem. Like they, they can't do that. They're, they're so yeah. crazy afraid. And everyone, you know, that opportunity was handed to them with the Mandalorian. It was right there. And they had people on from the stars and then they couldn't help themselves you know what yeah I mean? like it was just it was it was just insane like they really i couldn't. really thought they, john they love it. john favreau if the man who john favreau the man who is credited with starting the marvel universe uh, can't get his way with disney then fucking no one can you know what yeah. i mean these guys are fucking powerful like you know but and, it's um, still that it's interesting that you know like i like the bad batch did look it did look interesting. It looks like it has another interesting animated style. And I mean, who knows? Like, maybe I will give it a try. Can you watch it without watching any of the other Clone Wars stuff? Could I just, you know, dive right into it? Or um, You see, yeah and no. You, you can watch any of the Clone Wars without really watching the rest of the Clone Wars. But I mean, like, there might be... Like, the second episode, there was, like, an, an extremely niche character reintroduced as a part of the story. Uh, and like me and my friend were talking about it again and we were like why was he even there like there's not a there's no reason to put him in back into the show uh so i'm not like fan service kind of thing like is this was kind of just like a yeah i I think i think it's almost like feloni servicing himself but um yeah yeah. but as well like the concept this is gonna be awesome (laughs) (laughs) but you made it sound you made it sound like he was masturbating there tiernan like (laughs) feloni servicing himself (laughs) but um in a way, though, like uh, the concept's a bit overdone too. I mean, it's it's essentially like the whole concept of like different super soldiers. Like you have a really smart one, like a one who's really mm. good at like like he has heightened senses. Another who's really strong, and another who's like a really good sharpshooter. It's a uh, feels like Rogue One essentially. You know, Ro- Rogue One. Yeah, that like ensemble like kind that. of. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm not sure how far they're going to carry. Uh, a, a series and as well like one of them is like the big strong one is also like just mentally incapable like they may as well have just given like like <laughs> i can't ex- like he's just so played up as just this mentally incompetent person this like big friendly kind of special guy it was just uh, like like he, he's essentially portrayed as handicapped in the show to basically get kids involved and uh it's a bit hard to get past at times, so I'm not sure. Maybe you should give it give an episode a watch and come back and tell me tell me if you'd recommend it. But I don't know how far it's gonna go or how far I'm gonna watch it. So I think we're we're just into like the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch so far. Uh, I'm starting to lose hope for the Star Wars shows. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think you're I think you're in good company there, Tiernan. Um yeah. do you guys have anything else we wanna any other things we wanna talk about, guys, or should we move on? I think we should probably get into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah for sure. Let's do it. Um, speaking of kind of dead TV shows, well, I suppose it was okay. <laughs> uh, it kind of felt like a military propaganda, like six hour experience, didn't it? It was weird. It really did. It really did. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, 
that into it from the start. Um, I literally think two episodes in, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this show. It had to follow One Division. No one expected it to be as good as One Division. Um, the story was fine. It was just fine, you know, and like how they brought in, you know, the Wakanda stuff was was interesting a little bit but did you other think than that, was it was it really as well as like they, they did the whole kind of like introducing characters from the film but they introduce io who is just not yeah, a character yeah, yeah, in the yeah, film yeah. like she's barely yeah. credited in the black panther like yeah. I don't know. and and we were meant to know who she was like it was like i, I was like i was like who <laughs> <laughs> or even like the, re- the reintroduction of uh, Peggy's daughter, what's her name? The fact that I don't even know her name is, is speaks volumes. Well, there you go. This is telling you. This is telling you everything about the show. Like you know, it's there was a lot of problems with it. You know, I wonder. Do you guys kind of get the impression that by the end of this, they were just like, let's just give Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan a show because why not? Like I don't mm. think it was like I don't think they have any overarch. They, they clearly didn't have any real overarching plan for it. You know what I mean? And th- this is my problem with you know we talked about one division and how the ending was a bit of a letdown and it went back to reverted to classic Marvel stuff, um and they didn't really take any chances. But you felt like there was like an overarching plan with that from episode one. You felt like something was bigger down the line. I just never got that with this show. No, like me neither. I feel like this was kind of Marvel's attempt to almost like symbolically talk about like the issue with for black people in america whilst also kind of like coming to the conclusion at the end that uh, that like ah everything's all right black captain america <laughs> that like, was that was that was kind of it it was such an easy way yeah. out as well like you know the it whole was boat just thing. like like what you know you know it was it was kind of like with that miley cyrus movie where she moves back to town and someone's yeah. burnt down the church and <laughs> i can't remember what the movie's called but someone's burnt down the church and then they like spend the summer remaking the church, like the boat was the church basically. Yeah. Well, and like I, 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 I complained about that from the start of it. You know, from I think it was episode two or maybe it was episode one. Uh, you know, uh, the the Falcon uh, has like money issues and he's like trying to get like equity releases from a bank and stuff and all. And like I was just like, what is this doing in this? I was like, I don't care. This this isn't. You know, this isn't smart. Someone's got to pay Falcon's taxes. Oh no, the Falcon, the Falcon's credit rating has tanked since he disappeared from the planet. Even the Falcon is affected by capitalism. I could just say, yeah, no, I I agree. We, We did talk about the first two episodes and how we were kind of, feeling a lack we were sketchy at it at the time yeah we yeah. were sketchy at it at the time to be fair i thought that like there was a brief episode where i was kind of like okay all right i'm into this where uh, uh evil captain america it goes uh, and uh ends Chops up your man's like, head off. straight murdering someone who wyatt russell who i actually enjoyed as a character yeah he was uh, cool he was cool he was interesting yeah i feel they ruined and... it though yeah. by like giving them this redemption arc like he's, he he's a u.s agent yeah, yeah. Like, what's the point? I mean, I, obviously what's they're the going point? for it with that shady woman who's um, like, call me, you know, where she's like, call me. And then it's like, oh, you're US agent now or whatever. But like, I thought he was just going to be a full on maniac. Yeah. Just, you know, attack people or whatever. <laughs> what well, that would have been cool. That would have yeah. been cool. That would have been cool. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, I would have watched that. I would have been like, okay, you're you're being a bit weird with this, and you're being a little bit, you know, taking a bit of a chance with this one. But they're just this was really safe, Marvel. This yeah, was really. You know really what it felt like for me was the fact that like, the, so you kind of had like two villains, and one was Wyatt Russell, and the other was Aaron Kellyman, who played essentially the the villain who was the super soldier who's you leading this revolution for the people who blipped in and like didn't have a home and stuff like that. And what you had was you kind of had the story being like, all right, well, it's actually Wyatt Russell who's the villain, the evil Captain America, and the good one is kind of like the revolutionary who's just like fighting for the small person. And then it just kind of did a U-turn, and it was like, actually, uh, actually America's no, going yeah. to crush the small revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> As the... <laughs> In typical fashion, oh, you want your home back? That's 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 what America would do. It would stamp yeah. out any rebellious small rebellion that existed. So I guess it's, it's probably yeah. realistic. To be fair, essentially, what she's trying to do is she's trying to kind of like stop them from being put into internment camps, and they they, they like foil her plan. They they like it's, they, it's they propaganda. Her. It's literally military propaganda. Like, like what was, is the point yeah. of the guy? At the, you know, his, the, the, the colonel, not the colonel, like the, the sergeant or whatever, who's friends with, um, who just hangs around in an army suit, just being like, oh, I get to hang out with Captain America or whatever. Yeah. It's like, what's your point in the story? Um, <laughs> there, was, there, there was a lot, like, kind of morally wrong with where the show was going. I feel like they yeah. didn't really know which direction to go. They were like, they were speaking for like, two different ends of the spectrum constantly yeah. throughout the show, you know? And it was like, your one Carly was like, you're literally doing the wrong thing. Like, you're doing the completely wrong thing. And then, like, <laughs> Captain America was just like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Falcon was like, time to stop the bad guys. And uh, <laughs> it is, it was just really, that, that whole kind of thing is like, the whole concept of like, a black man would never be Captain America if he had any kind of self-respect for his culture. And I kind of respect no, that's, that, that's true. them like, saying yeah, that. That's, that's and then interesting, like, they just yeah. did a U-turn on the end and they were like, actually, you know, a black man can be Captain America if he kind of like thwarts revolutions and <laughs> apologizes <laughs> for it at the same time. It just, uh, it didn't feel right to me at all, the show. And no, it was, it was our all, it was, it was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a mess. Like what's The last weird? episode was a mess. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Such a shit episode. It was similar to WandaVision in that way. But what's weird, Jack, is we actually were talking about this with a couple of people who all seemed to love it. And I think me and you were the only ones who didn't really like it. And I don't know where the love came from. I don't overly see why people enjoy it. I don't it. see anyone... Ra- yeah, I haven't seen anyone raving about it. And, like, you, like I mean, nobody, just in, like, general terms, have been, like... You know, even if you look like, the social media reaction to it, and I know that's not everything, but, you like, everyone was talking about WandaVision every week. And every time there's a new episode, it felt like everyone was, like, watching it collectively yeah. together. You just didn't have that with this at all. Um, like, look, not that I expected it. And like, look, I, we've got Loki coming up next week, I think next Wednesday. Um, which, you know, factory is just like (laughs) pumping them out. It's working overtime. They are working overtime in Disney. I'll tell you that much. It is. It's It's a bit of a, to be fair to Emily Blunt, what she's saying is it is just an oversaturation. There's not a lot of love behind these shows and they feel like they're very half-arsed. No, exactly. But I think I think I think I'm more optimistic about Loki. I had pretty low expectations for this going in. I think Loki looks better, and Loki does look a lot better. And you've got Tom Hiddleston, who 
is arguably one of the bigger stars in the whole Marvel franchise compared to someone like Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. So they're clearly going to try and put a bit more of an effort into it. So, you know, I look forward to watching Loki next week. Falcon and Winter Soldier, meh. I'm just, yeah. I'm just let down. You know what I mean? Just, you know, not, not, not great. But oh, then again, it was the one I was not looking forward to at all. Like, I was just not looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah. It, it, it was the most... Like, yeah. I, I've always hated both of these characters. Even, <laughs> like, they're just boring. Like, what do they do? For sure. I, I really like them in the likes of Winter Soldier and stuff. I thought this was going to be a bit more of a, a spy drama, and I was really up for that, but it just kind of went the Even Daniel same. Brühl was crap in this. Like, when yeah, he turns yeah, around the corner, he's like, get in. It's like, oh, Christ, just fuck off. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, <laughs> but it was real, yeah. like, it was real, like, pseudo-political shit. And it's like, look, he's literally, like, flying around on a jetpack. And your man is a yeah. super soldier with a metal arm. Like, I don't need my politics from here. I just no. don't. You know, I can no. go, I can watch the news. I can get an interpretation of what's <laughs> yeah. going on in no, the No, you're right. You're right. Like, it was, I, it was I needlessly, like... do not need Anthony like... Mackie telling me about race relations in America from yeah, his flying I mean, wings. It... And you see, the thing is, I think what's interesting is because I think people are questioning, you know, it's an interesting concept, like, where does, where does Captain America fit in a world of, like, nationalism and patriotism and, like, where, where do you draw the line? And that is an interesting concept. But, like, this was a dumb show. It, was, it wasn't a smart show. They weren't trying to yeah. be smart from the start. And then you add in, you know, complex, you know, discussions that just don't, yeah it just doesn't it, it just is, doesn't yeah. fit it's it political discussions on green screens you know i mean like the boys yeah. pull it off if you want to talk about political discussions go to the boys they do it perfectly. exactly but they also do it tongue-in-cheek as well and they have yeah. a bit of fun with it you know what i mean no, you it's know, not this a lecture was, you know yeah yeah, yeah it's exactly. not a lecture it's like oh shit yeah when you look at it this way it is all fucking bullshit whereas like yeah. disney's whole morality is just in such a gray area anyway so they shouldn't be coming out and, and trying to <laughs> yeah. make these political points and representing these different people when like they're a billion dollar media company that doesn't give a fuck you know like mm. they're there to make mm. money mm. and this show yeah. is there to profit it's there for nothing yeah. else so i yeah, yeah. i kind of just wish that they'd drop the agenda and just start making entertaining shows yeah yeah absolutely i think okay i think we should probably park it there because there's not a whole lot more to say about it you know if you want to watch it you know i don't have anything against you watching it it's not that bad but i you know it's definitely lower down in the disney tier but what we're going to get on to next now is what we had intended on talking about this week another new movie it landed on sky this week and which makes me think it's probably available on hbo max and that was the new Mortal Kombat movie, um, which is based on a very famous arcade video game. We were somewhat excited about it. We talked about the trailer and stuff. The trailer only landed like last month. Um, it looked interesting. Um, and then before we went into this movie, uh, before I went into it anyway, I looked up the director and noticed he didn't have a single credit except for this movie. And yeah. I, I literally went, oh my God. And then three minutes into the movie, I knew exactly what I was getting in for. So, guys, what did you think of the 2021 version of Mortal Kombat? So, I um, was fully expecting this to be, uh, like, very much a James Boone, a, a James Wan film. Sorry, yeah. James Boone is the creator of the video game, I think, or it might be Vince <laughs> But uh, anyway, I was expecting this to be a James Wan film uh, with a different director and... 
Oh, I think we both we all said going into this that I wouldn't be surprised if this was incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if this was awful. And it really went the awful route, didn't it? I mean, it was one of the worst movies I've watched. In a it's yet yeah, so yeah. poor. Yeah, I, I so said it. Poor. I said it. I think to you guys in the group while I was watching it is that you wouldn't be surprised if you saw this on the Sci-Fi Channel. No, no, no. This was like literally like early two thousands action films that were just. This was like you know. Um, you know, video game movies got a really bad reputation for a while there. They made a Dragon Ball movie, which was terrible. They made Mortal Kombat movies in the past, um, which were really bad and really campy and stuff. This was exactly that. And it's not even bad enough for you to, like, be laughing your way through it. It was just so dull and boring. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know what the fuck was happening throughout the whole movie. I didn't care. Um, it you know every single acting performance was fucking terrible. They didn't even have and you know you know you said this is uh, James Wan is connected to this. He, you know his movies while a lot of them are kind of considered dumb and switch off your brain movies, they have a place in this world. You know people like those movies and they're done well. Like his movies are done you know with a self awareness about them that they can be enjoyable. This lacked any sort of fun. Or, you know, anything interesting about it. So it was just so dull and so boring. Like, like, the, like, what was the plot about? It was, you know, like, like it was about this, this main guy. Right, so, yeah, so in terms of, like, how they were going to approach this, I know, like, I'm not a massive fan of the games. I am a fan of the games, but I'm not a massive fan. I was always into, like, the likes of Tekken or stuff more so than that. Uh, but what it always, always had going for it was brilliant characters and brilliant aesthetics to the characters and aesthetics to the tournament aspects of it and, like, the fatalities and the, and the finishes and stuff mm. like that, the gore aspects that James Wan always gets spot on in terms of gore. This mm. had none of that charm. It, it like, threw away most of the video game's best characters. Like, for instance, Scorpion's just not really in it. He's in it at the start. He's in it very, very briefly at the end. Uh, they created a new character as a protagonist, which is just bonkers. Such a stupid idea. Like, why, why would you, you do, do that? that? And all of the events of this take place before the tournament. And it takes place in literally, like, I think about, like, 13 Two minutes places. at the end. You know, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, like, everything just happens in an instant. I thought that, like, one character looked decent in this. I thought Jax looked okay in this at the end with his, like, metal arms. I thought they looked good. Sub-Zero looked like a bad cosplay of Sub-Zero. Mm, uh, Sub-Zero didn't look great. Yeah, Scorpion looked the same. Uh, your man Cole Young, his, like, arcana that he unlocks looked absolutely ludicrous it looked ridiculous <laughs> like i couldn't believe i couldn't get over it i was sitting there like what is going on here and like the one saving grace was josh lawson as kano uh, i loved kano yeah kano was a fun character he was a decent character and he was also why were they all funny. like kano because yeah. it was like he was literally like did that's you really the closest think that? i mean did you really think that i thought he was fucking so annoying and so uh, it was annoying but like when you go to a video like, game movie you're like okay fucking roll, give me the cheese that egg roll scene and all. Oh yeah, toast me a bloody egg roll. And then, and then, <laughs> Those the are guys, just Australian like, the guys people. Like, in. The Asian guy is like, he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, don't worry. He's like, I got this. And I thought he was gonna like, you know, do some weird like trick with the chopsticks or something like that. And he just like goes to hand it to him and just eats it. And they're all like, oh, you got him, bro. Oh. Yeah. I was like, what? But I actually thought the that fuck? out of all of the characters, he was 
definitely the least insufferable because at least he was trying. Like your man, the main, the main character. I couldn't believe that he had actually gotten a job. Like I, everything he said, I was <laughs> he like, was stop, awful. Stop it! Stop horrific. existing! Like he was just such an unbelievably bad character. It's like. I don't know why they didn't have a tournament and just be like, oh, I'm just going to do this tournament and, like, I'm just going to fight all these fuckers and just make it, like, really gory and, like, detailed and, like, have them finish each other or whatever. Yeah. And They threw their fucking gore into it for literally, like, a a second. There was one scene where it was like, all right, that's a bit gory. That's a bit cool. But it, it just felt like the entire film felt dedicated to setting up the next film. And like you could have done that in a trailer, you know, you didn't you didn't need to set up the next film with a whole feature film. Like I'll watch a three minute trailer before I watch the next film. Mm. I, I I don't see where they're going to go with this. And uh, I certainly won't be watching any more installments of it. I didn't think it possible to actually get worse than the original 1995 version. I think it's that, that's at least funny, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's the thing that has charm to it. And it has some of like the old like kind of costumes that are, you know what, you know what's annoying as well is that they kind of portrayed this film as like, oh, we're being really inclusive and stuff like that. There's only Asian actors for the Asian characters and stuff like that, which the initial film really missed the mark on, obviously. But at the same time, they didn't find Asian actors that suited the roles. They just threw anyone Asian into the roles. Yeah. You know, like Sub-Zero looks like they just pulled a random scrawny Asian man off of the street and made him as Sub-Zero, whereas Sub-Zero is this massive beefcake of a man, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He's this big tournament fighter, and he's just not in this. It didn't... um, yeah, it didn't feel right at all, to be honest. It just felt like I was, it just literally felt like I was watching like, you know, like Daredevil with Ben Affleck or like, you know what I mean? It felt like that era of movie, you know what I mean? It was just so dated. It didn't feel like a film that's made in 2021. And, you know, the whole thing about it, like, like if you're going to do like a, a tournament kind of a, a, a movie, you know, why didn't they do like a kind of a Thor Ragnarok kind of a thing or, you know... Like, you know, why didn't they do something like that where it's like, you know, this kind of gladiator feeling to it, you know, that that would have been more fun. I don't know a whole lot about the video game, so I didn't really have any attachment to it, but it was way worse than I was expecting. It was a lot, the, lot worse the, than I was but expecting. But the thing is, it's like the tournament concept of Mortal Kombat would be so perfect for a movie. Like you'd, a movie. you'd far more get like interested and invested into the characters if they were all just taking part in, in a tournament. If they just skipped the bullshit, skipped the exposition, didn't fucking give the main character a family that he had to care about and just made, well, who, made it who a also, tournament. Who also yeah, I fucking hate that family. So I was hoping that thing would rip him apart. <laughs> that thing that that thing that looked out of that movie Warcraft, that big fucking yeah, yeah. thing. It was, I was like, it was very yeah. Warcrafty. Yeah, it was, it was just so pure Warcraft, wasn't it? And it I'm was, pretty um, sure they just took the the design from that and were like, <laughs> we have that left over in the studio and just chucked it in there. Like. <laughs> but there there was some like kind of nods to the video game, as in like there, there's like a scene where they're just kind of like where um what's a What's the character's name? Um, I should I should know this because um, I actually have played the game very Liu Kang, uh, where Liu, Liu Kang, Kang is just yeah, kind of yeah. like sweeping the leg under Kano, and that that was kind of like all right, that's like the spamming from the video game. That's funny, and they say like finish him and fatality and stuff like that. And uh, 
like some of that stuff I was kind of like okay but again like the environment in which it was happening just felt so cheesy and so shit and I didn't care about any of it it felt like it was so in between being like a really low budget sci-fi film and whilst also trying to become like Michael Bay's Transformers and it, it just it really missed every single mark and I, I'm surprised it missed every single mark I didn't enjoy a single aspect of this film uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's literally almost unwatchable, um, yeah. and not out of like you know. The music was crap as well. <laughs> oh god! And even and when like, they did do the thing, you know, it's like, all I the wanted thing, was that. Thing. All like, I wanted finish him. was that. It was just like yeah. it just wasn't good. Oh, or, yeah, or it just wasn't at one good. point he said, at one point he says, "Test your might," and I was just like, "Come on, like make it fun," you know, and like the one make thing it I campy. wanted was was that big, I don't need exactly I know, make it campy, make it campy and gory. Like, I, I don't need this stupid kind of, like... Well, this is the weird thing. So, it is violent. We're not your dad's not, Mortal not, Kombat. Not <laughs> but it's not... It is violent, but it's not... And there's, like, tons of bad language in it. But who's this for? It's certainly not for, like, adults. Because, like, he's just and nothing... It, it's, not for, it's not for Mortal Kombat fans, either. No. It, no. Like, as, we, as you're saying, like, make it campy. Like, everyone would have loved... Just watching a film about a tournament where people are getting literally dismembered in it, you know, like get attached to the characters through the pure fucking violence of it all. You don't mm. need to have this like stupidly convoluted plot that you just rush through. Like it just feels like the plot was something that they needed to get through rather than something that was naturally happening on screen. And the story with the end, like, can we talk about the ending where, like, it was one scene where they were like, all right, let's get our shit together. And then next scene, the film's over. Oh, yeah, that's literally what it was like. It, it was it was bizarre. It was, it was crazy. It was so I weird. I believe what was happening on screen. Like, it was literally just, they, they have their moment where, all right, we're a bit in despair, but, oh, we've come back from it. We're ready to go. And then in literally, like, two full minutes, the film's over. They go and they kill every opponent and foe that they have to kill, and uh, credits roll. You know that that's, that's all literally what it. it was. I mean, it's a good thing that we were covering other other things in this podcast because I have so little to say about this film. It yeah. was just so bad. It was just so so terrible. And the fact that they're charging fucking people 20 euro to watch this fucking movie you know as a new release i'm pretty sure it's tanking i'm pretty sure it's not doing well i looked at the reviews they're not as bad as they should be they should be yeah. a lot, lot yeah. worse i feel um, like people are just me. like okay like this is just 2021 yeah and like it's been kind of shit but whatever we're, we're yeah. just gonna chuck it out there and what's weird is like the trailer didn't look too bad it didn't look that bad at all so I think the trailer really just made it out to to look like it was just going to be a tournament fighting film, and I think that's what everyone needed, and it's just not what it, they gave to, they gave to the people. But I I'm just still shook to the core over the fact that they created a new character with a video game that just has the most incredible characters. But anyway, I like I personally can't recommend this less. I don't have anything else to say about it. Do you? Uh, no, I no. Mean, it was just flat out bad. Don't watch it. Don't pay, don't pay any money at all. Will we Just, rate it? Yeah, I'm gonna go for a flat zero. I, there's I'm nothing. Gonna go for, I'm gonna give it a four because I liked Kano. <laughs> well, uh, I, you're wrong. You're wrong about liking Kano. So, but I'll let you have it. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna join in on this and say zero. I actually wouldn't consider this a film. This is this is like when you stumble onto the sci-fi channel, you see a clip of a film called like Vampires versus Teenagers. And you're like, sweet, what is going on? You're, you're like, sweet, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider this a film. This just felt like a TV film. It was it was crap. Pure crap. It, Disappointed in James Wan. I thought that he'd be a little bit more kind of artsy, kind of not artsy with it, but a bit more reliable to the video games. But I mean, this is the issue with video game films. They're never going to be good. Yeah. yeah, they're they're trying to like pander to too many audiences. Yeah. And it just it just ends up not working because like just uh, make a video game film that's for the people that played the video game. Okay. Yeah. You don't need Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake from Uncharted. Like you know, it just. It doesn't. <laughs> when that comes out, it will be shit as well, and um, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I just <laughs> there's nothing else to say. There's nothing. There's nothing else to say. Yeah, exactly. So I think we'll leave it there, guys. Will we? Yeah, let's sign off. I don't want to talk about that film anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So we'll leave it there for another week, guys. Um. So thank you so much for being so patient and waiting an extra week to listen so it was a good thing that we got a good bit um covered there um and while we weren't able to recommend mortal Kombat, there was a lot of netflix recommendations and stuff in there and some amazon and disney recommendations that you guys should be able to get a uh, bet into um next week we have not currently confirmed a plan yet as usual because what are we like um but we will hopefully <laughs> announce something on that soon um again we hope you enjoyed listening guys thank you so much for constantly backing us um you know, give us a fo- subscribe to us on Spotify, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on all our socials, and that's so good for the algorithm. And we will see you again next week, guys. See you later, guys.